in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Hold on, I'm th- thoroughly distracted. I got a chicken race right now. Oh, we're, we're out in front. Oh, no. We're out in front with 50 meters to go. I'm afraid we're going to blow it. We've been in front the whole race. Been in first from the very start. This is a big, big win that we can start the morning off. How long are races? Uh, this one, we are about to cross the two-minute mark. This is the longest race. Oh, wow. That's we, a long that we have. You're yeah. pushing the chicken. Come on. We got, we're still in first with 20 <laughs> meters to go. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. Jared, I might cuss. Be, be ready to hit the delay uh, button over there. Uh, Seven seconds. Come on. I, I think we got it. I think I... we got it. I think we got it. First place. There oh. we go. I'm going to go ahead and turn. Let's go. On. Yes, there we go. We got to win this morning. This chicken has finished third and first in two races this morning. He's our new He's our new moneymaker. Very excited here. Chickenderby.com. Go watch my chickens race. All right. All right. First off, first thing in the front page today. What the hell is Kyler Murray doing today? Did you see his Oh, I thought it was going to be. I wanted to talk. We'll talk about that. We'll in a get second. to it. I, is this the agent? This was the weirdest release of some long, long statement. And correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't read all of it because I'm just I like, I can't either. read this. I did not. Essentially, why didn't he just put out a statement saying, I want more money? Yes. This long, I mean, Aaron Rodgers' Instagram post was far more interesting because he you know, was talking about the girlfriend and all these other crazy things. This, this is the agent releasing this long statement about Kyler Murray and his commitment to Arizona and you've got to commit to him and but just put out a statement saying Kyler wants more money. I mean that's what this entire I think this like I said I skimmed it but I'm like is that what this is saying? So that is apparently what Kyler Murray has said this morning that he wants he wants to win a Super Bowl. Right? That's what he wants okay. to do. Well he shouldn't have been drafted by Arizona then. <laughs> and he wants the Cardinals to be committed to it. Okay. Whatever. Um, but here's the fascinating part. Kyler Murray, just he just finished his third year in the NFL, which means under his rookie contract, he's got one more year plus a fifth-year option, which right. they'll pick up. The Cardinals are going to pick up the fifth-year option. Um, unless I guess he could be the worst quarterback in the league next year, and they don't. But whatever. He's got two more years under this contract. Does he want an extension right now? I think now? he wants an extension. I think that's what that entire post was about. So he... Deleted everything off Instagram, except for him and what was it, Mike Evans, whatever. Deletes everything off Instagram, unfollows all the Cardinals and everything, doesn't talk to the media for like two weeks about it. And then his agent just puts out a statement saying, hey, the Cardinals better be committed. They better pay Kyler Murray. What the hell happened here? Did he even ask the Cardinals for an extension? I don't know if he asked the agent to put it out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> As Dave Shane pointed out on Twitter, it was also in all caps, which is always a disturbing thing. When you put out a all caps release and there's like a thousand five hundred words to you, you're like, yeah, what's going on with this guy? Like, I feel like Kyler Murray's mad that he doesn't have an extension from the Cardinals and he hasn't even given the Cardinals a chance to give him the extension yet. Like he just expected them to hand it yeah. to him when the I it's I do not understand what's happening here. And really, again, really top-level football reporters this morning even said, what in the world is this about? Right. Like, they didn't even know. They're like, this is the stupidest thing we've ever seen. What is what is he talking about? And I I don't know. And even and here's the other weird part. Kyler Murray hasn't actually said anything. 
No. Like I like yes, he deleted all the Instagram stuff and I'm sure he's aware of what his agent is saying. I would but, hope he knew what was going to be put but out. But none of this has actually come from Kyler Murray no. yet. Like it's so I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. Kyler Murray just seems to be having a very strange like 23-year-old crisis in his life where he's like, "Oh, we got blown out in a playoff game and it's all over for me now." Daddy had a breakaway. <sighs> Jackie Robinson. This is what we want to talk about. Oh, Jackie's back. He has funding for okay. his all net arena. Jackie Robinson. Um, he broke ground on his all net arena in 2014, but he literally like put a shovel in the ground and that was it because it's still an great empty press plot. conference. Um, oh it my is, God. It's a great press conference. It is. So the plot is on Las Vegas Boulevard. It's down kind of by the Sahara, uh, the Fontaine blue as well. Uh, that's the area that it's at. But he says he has funding. Um, Arthur Lewis of Active Capital Holdings, which sounds like a fake company, he is providing money for this project. How much? Do not know. But Jackie Robinson did say that the total cost could be $4 billion. This is going to be $4 billion I think arena? It's, I think he's got more than an arena plan. I think I there, would there's hope. a hotel I and, would and hope. stuff planned. $4 billion? I know they're expensive well. now, but come on. So here's the other fun part. Uh, Clark County Commissioner Tick Sagerbloom, who this is his district. Here's a couple quotes from him. I met with Mr. Lewis a couple days ago. He has impeccable credentials. He says he has over $100 million that he's willing to invest right now to allow them to pay off a few issues that they have because they have a few issues. But he also said, I haven't seen the money yet. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but the reality is very promising. <laughs> oh. This gets better oh, and better. This whole, this whole Jackie Robinson arena nonsense gets better and better each time we see like releases. Is this going to actually get built? No. 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 We're, we're very certain that it's not going to get built. We have precious little evidence that besides a press conference that I'm pretty sure was technically the second groundbreaking. Okay. He he went on to say, old uh, uh, Tick, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of pieces going on, so I can't say we're there yet. What a shock. But this will be the first what I would call hard money that would come. So this guy's given $100 million on a $4 billion project. You better have a lot more hard money in the bank coming if you're going to spend $4 billion on this project. All right. I'm going to be I'm going to give you some optimism here with this. Really? If Jackie Robinson does, in fact, get all net arena built, he could end up being the one that hosts the NBA if they ever do, in fact, come to Vegas. Oh, I won't doubt that. I just don't think he's ever getting a bill. Right. I don't. I kind of don't either. But on the optimism side, I, there is a chance he could be the one that lands an NBA team because if he does get this built, it would be an arena that would be ready for a basketball team. That's uh, kind of the point of him building this is he wants to put an NBA team there. But you wouldn't, the, from the NBA standpoint, they wouldn't then be sharing an arena with, with the, Golden the Golden Knights and pending the owner of the NBA franchise if it's not MGM or Bill Foley, then the NBA will have no ownership stake in T-Mobile Arena and be able, they won't be able to generate extra revenue streams, right? Which has right. been, of all this, all sports teams in the United States over the last like 10 years, that's been one of the big deals. We saw it with the Raiders. They want to own their own stadium so they can generate revenue streams right. from it. They want to be able to host events that Dwight are not Bomber's related to building their team. his own arena. Right. And so the NBA is going to want to do the same thing in Las Vegas. So if MGM or Bill Foley do not own the NBA team, 
T-Mobile, while it's still an option, would not probably be the first option for the NBA. They would prefer yeah. their owner to have some stake in the arena so that they can make the owner can make more money that way. I love Jackie Robinson. <laughs> I want J- Jared to pull that uh, Menzies tape up that says, I love this guy, because I would think that that's exactly what we're all saying about Jackie. I, I, I love this guy. <laughs> I want his perseverance. This started 2014. When did this start? Was 2014? He broke no. ground in 2014. So it started. No, it's been them. that long. Yes, I I was in college and yes. covered it. Are you serious? Yes. And so right. that's when he broke ground. It's which sad means he how time flies because I can't believe it's been since 2014 that that shovel went in the ground. Yeah. Did you guys see the that a bunch of us? Senators or Congress people try are trying to get the no tax subsidies for stadiums act passed. Oh, they're doing that again. They've done that. That's yeah. happened a couple of they times. They keep trying, like, but they, they brought it back out of the woodworks. Yeah. Like they're, they're just like, hey, we got stuff going on in Ukraine. But let's make sure. Is they afraid what Dave Cobble's going to ask? I'm trying to remember. Was it was it Stephen, our Australian listener, who one time said something to us that it sounded like a different planet that we give money yeah. for public sta- or public money yes. for stadiums because he's like in Australia what are you talking about that never happens like are we the only country in the world that does that um if it's not the olympics or uh, like the world cup yeah okay cuz i remember there would be there was a very hot debate of what are we going to do with all these football stadiums that we built in london oh and the, yeah the same is absolutely true in the olympics when the olympics are over you have a bunch of stadiums that there's been like HBO Real Sports, there's been some documentaries on that where they don't know what to do with those facilities anymore. And what, the best part was I believe Tottenham was going to buy one of the stadiums, tear it all the way down, and rebuild it. it it's like, it's a perfectly functional stadium. Not good enough. Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? Win. Win. The win the, is the win. The is win the, is the best. Yeah. The win is the best. The only unfortunate part of that sound is that Georgetown is six and twenty-two this year, and zero and seventeen in the Big East. Patrick Ooh. Ewing might be getting fired. Are they zero and seventeen? Yes. Wow. Um, a higher Osleberger, he'll turn you around. Osleberger's but I like got that twenty guy. wins. That's right. That's right. So, top six teams in college basketball all lost on Saturday. Gonzaga to St. Mary's, Arizona to Colorado, Auburn to Tennessee, Purdue to Michigan State, Kansas to Baylor, and Kentucky to Arkansas. Uh, Top six, all losing. Pretty phenomenal to actually happen. Who's the best team in college basketball? All right. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I watched this. Well, I watched. I was going back and forth um, from a few games. This is tough. I want to say Gonzaga. Uh, I'll just say them. I'll just say them. They have the best metrics. I think they're the the safest bet for best team in college basketball right now. Like they they have the, their offensive efficiency. Now the other night, unbelievable was they weren't good the other night. But credit St. Mary's. I enjoy watching the Illini quite a bit, but that's just because the guy Kofi looks like a car, that, like he looks like he's part of the Monstars. That dude is huge. <laughs> I know. That guy is huge. He looks like what if Zion them. Williams was cut? Were you watching Michigan against him yesterday? Yeah. He was like, it's like, why isn't the, like Tyler was talking about <laughs> ball screens. dad is playing? I mean, ball screens for Hamilton. I would throw it into that guy every time. <laughs> he's absolutely enormous, that guy. <laughs> I just enjoy that he's so much bigger than everyone oh, else. Oh, it's huge. Is the uh, Baylor flag flying? 
No, I didn't. No, we no. didn't put it out. We okay. Didn't put it out. Okay. Not not for a big game. We watched the game though. So, I, I know you've. T- I think you've told us in the past only the NCAA tournament for basketball. Yeah, and football then football, football and, and the every tournament. week. But I, I thought maybe a big win over Kansas might be enough to get nah. the Baylor flag out. But no. Okay. No, All we right. kept it in the garage. All right. Great question. Thank you. Oh, by the way, one quick side note on basketball. It is still jarring to hear people talk about Jonathan Chamuachachua. Yeah. Started, and they, you know, they mentioned him the other day. He's injured, and, yeah, he's and he's they're like, the it's a big loss. I think it was Seth Davis, I heard say, well, they don't have Jonathan Chama yeah. and he's the best ball screen defender in the country. And I'm like, <laughs> that guy committed 74 <laughs> fouls in like two games at UNLV. He couldn't guard anybody without knocking him to the ground. And now it's like, well, it's Baylor without the best defensive player in the country. I'm like, what? All right, that's a little jarring. Um, on the NBA, by the way. <laughs> Anthony Davis will miss another four to five weeks with a foot injury. Uh, The Lakers got blown out by the Pelicans on Sunday. That followed up their close loss to the Clippers. Um, They're, they're, they're done for, right? Like, I mean, they're probably going to end up in a play in game because I, well, the Pelicans could catch them. I think it's two and a half. They're ahead of the Pelicans, but like, they're not even winning a play in game. If they even make it to the play in round, like, LeBron's going to have, like, his season, his best ever year in terms of points per game, possibly, and, like, miss the playoffs, one and done in a play-in game in the playoffs. Like, what the hell, Lakers? What is it? It's 8-9 who then plays 7? Uh, 7 plays 8 and 9 plays 10. Okay, so they play they play the Pelicans right now. Oh, would they play the Pelicans They play the right Pelicans. Now? Okay. So. Oh, no. And if they'd win, then they'd have to play the loser of 7-8 to get in. They're going to have to win two games just to get in, most likely. So. Clippers have beaten them like seven or eight straight times. Yeah, that was that was a which weird stat. I was too. surprised at that. They said that at the end of the game after he missed a shot. And I'm like, man, they've beaten them that many straight times. I, I was surprised at that. That's a great, great question. Michael Porter Jr. could return to the Nuggets in March. He's close to being cleared to return for contact, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. The Nuggets, sixth in the West right now. Obviously, they have Nikola Jokic, who is having one of the best statistical years in NBA history. Michael Porter Jr. has been injured. He could come back in March. Jamal Murray, their second best player, he is out with an ACL tear. But according to Woj, he could be back when the playoffs roll around. If the Nuggets are fully healthy, do you believe they could win the West? I don't think they can win the West. I don't think they can win the West. And Jokic is, is absolutely amazing this year. I'm trying to... Did you see the pass he threw yesterday? No. Posting up on one block, he threw a pass to the opposite corner, which he does on a regular basis. But it was a no-look pass. Like, back to the corner, threw it, like, behind his own head, all the way to the opposite corner to a guy open for a three. One of the most ridiculous passes you'll ever see. Like, I don't understand how he even knew his teammate was there. Like, there's no way he saw his teammate or the defender that was there but he threw a perfect. If pass. Chris Paul's back fully healthy, could, could, I don't know if they could beat the Suns. I I'm more worried uh, about fully healthy Warriors. Uh, obviously, Draymond Green's been out, and the Warriors haven't been as good recently. But fully healthy Warriors are a little bit more of a concern. I think that's the team most likely to blow teams out in the West. Um, but I it, here's I'll, I'll put it to you this way: I would not be stunned if the Nuggets beat the Suns in a playoff series. If if both teams are fully healthy, I would not be stunned if the Nuggets beat the Suns. In a playoff series. I think between Jokic and if they're actually fully healthy with those two, I think they're good enough. Coming up next, the Golden Knights any good? 
In comes McCart, the other end, a shot, McKinnon scores! McCart to McKinnon, two quick strikes, Avalanche in the lead, three to two. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. It's hard to be positive right now. Well, listen, you know who's racking up moral victories. True. All of a sudden, the Golden Knights are out here talking about moral victories. Pete DeVore saying we did a lot of good things. Except when. Except when. <laughs> Jonathan Marshall said they felt they played a good game outside of the couple of minutes when they fell asleep. Well, this team all of a sudden, they play Colorado, and they're like, oh, wow, well, we're not supposed to win. We're just supposed to compete with them. We tried our hardest. Right? So the, the Golden Knights play back-to-back games over the weekend. They lose in Arizona, who is 14-34-4. and and then turn around and blow a lead in 30 seconds to the Colorado Avalanche. Up up by a goal in the third period within 30 seconds. Colorado scores twice, takes the lead, and ends up winning that game uh, by a goal. I when did this team start talking about moral victories? Like when did that become like a like an okay thing of like yeah we played well we just didn't win. Yeah, I can't remember when they've ever done something like that. I don't know if the last time they've ever been in a position to say something like that. Uh, what is it? Is it four out of five now? Because they, they beat San Jose. Yeah, they beat San Jose. They beat the AHL team they got to play. Yeah, Granted, they, they the just lost team. to an AHL team in Arizona. Well, yeah. Is Arizona oh, even saying, an AHL team? That might know. be ECHL. They might ECHL. <laughs> I, Who was it that sent us a tweet that, like, a random team in Rochester was outdrawing Arizona? Well, are, they will be next year when are, they're in the ASU uh, barn. Are the Silver Knights outdrawing them? Oh, Good question. I mean, the I, the I love the Orleans Arena, but it is only cover only covers like three sides of the rink. I mean, losing Arizona is worse than the moral victory. Absolutely. Oh yeah, Obviously. you can. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can lose to Colorado, especially given the way the, they did. I mean, especially given Colorado the injuries, had three they shots have. on goal in the third period and right. two went in. Especially given the injuries the Golden Knights have, you can lose to Colorado and tell yourself you're fine. But are you getting? Um, I got to go out there and ask some guys today. Are you guys? Look, we know they're hurt. We get that. But it, it, I just don't think there's enough of like, you know, you have to win with what you have. Right. I mean, it's just, I, it's it's every game, every narrative is they have injuries. We've known that. They've had a ridiculous amount of injuries all year. I don't know any other team recently that's had this many injuries. You know, Pat Rady comes back for a couple games, he gets hurt again. Someone comes back, Janmark gets hurt. I mean, I, I get all that. But at some point, somebody say, hey, we got to win with what we have. I mean, right. it's a points. It's like Pete DeBoer said, it's a points league. You're losing points, and all you're doing is talking about the injuries. Right. Yeah. I, I just, they, I, I'm tired of that. They, ha- this is the reality for them. This like, is it. This is who you are right now. They're, this is a win. They're an injured team. Mark yeah. Stone's probably not playing the rest of the regular season. That is, that is probably done. Robin Leonard they just came him, off IR. They brought him I back off IR. So he's Logan Thompson. He's probably playing this probably week. Probably play. I, mean, I would think. Um, but this is the reality for the Golden Knights. And if they can't figure it out, they're going to miss the playoffs yeah. and look around and say, well, well, we were, we were injured. Okay. Your season's over. Yeah. Now. Like that's, what's going to be the reality here. Now, are they actually going to miss the playoffs? Probably not. I mean, no Edmonton is one point behind them. The Golden Knights are in third because they are behind the Kings and they are now three points behind the Kings, right? Same amount of games played. Uh, they're a single point ahead of the Oilers. But they're three points ahead of the Ducks, and the Ducks have played two more games already. So they're not falling to fourth in the Pacific. They're not falling to fifth in the Pacific. 
they're probably going to stay ahead of like Dallas as well in the central division um, because that division is a lot tougher, but like they're highly unlikely to miss the playoffs, but the way they're playing right now, this team could be a wild card team that has to go to Calgary or Colorado in round one. That was my first, that was my next question. I'm trying to figure out the wild card. Colorado would get the worst wild card. Correct. So right now, the Golden Knights would be going to play LA. That'd be their first round matchup would be with right, the Kings. Right, because they're second and third. The Kings would have home ice right. advantage, but they would be going to play LA. And uh let me see if I can check the uh Edmonton would be the number two wild card. They'd I believe. be going to Colorado. And they'd be going to Colorado. Who would be going to Calgary? Nashville oh, would Nashville. be going to um Calgary. Calgary. So that would be your playoff matchups right now. So stay in third. And you're fine. And you're okay, because even if you give up home ice to the Kings, you should be fine against them. Right. I Don't slip to fourth, because you give up 80 goals a game in Colorado, or excuse me, in Calgary, and Colorado's the best team. Yes. And that's that, I think, is the bigger fear right now. Like, yeah, it's possible they miss the playoffs. And again, if they, they've, it's five of six, by the way. They've lost five of six. If they continue okay. to play like this, they are going to miss the playoffs. But they're not going to miss the playoffs. They're not going to lose five of six many more times this year. They shouldn't. So they're going to make the playoffs. But the key is going to be can, can they stay in the top three right. in the Pacific? Like, that's a genuine question at this point. Because again, Edmonton's a single point behind them. And if they fall behind Edmonton, now they're in a wild card position. And now you're going to Calgary or Colorado in round one. And that should be, that should be the golden Knights second round and Western conference finals opponents right. on a run to the Stanley cup. That's what that should be. And that is instead potentially one of those teams is going to be your first round matchup. If you lose and this team loses in the first round, somebody's getting fired. Did you see the tweet on the petition? I never saw the petition. To fire Pete DeBoer? Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. So, I, I, that might have been a completely made-up one. I never saw it. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but some some VGK fan who disagreed with it said, I can't believe there's a petition out there. I'd love to see the petition if it exists and how many names are on it. Yeah. Six names. Here is a fun question, though. They fired Gerard Gallant in the middle of the season, kind of out of nowhere, when, this, when the team was struggling. And if I remember correctly, they had fallen out of a playoff spot when they fired Pete right. DeBoer, or excuse me, Gerard Gallant, but like a game, a point out of a playoff spot. It wasn't like they were in dire need or anything. I don't think they're firing Pete DeBoer, but I don't, I also don't think it's out of the question. I don't think it's out of the question, but if they went and lost in the first round, I think the narrative would be, well, what was he supposed to do with all the injuries? I mean, in season. Oh, I don't, think I don't think firing. it's out of the, if they it, really, what if they lose five of the next six? And they are in a wild card spot going to Colorado or out of a If well, they lose five to six, they might be out of a wild card. I'll tell you spot. what, if they do, don't put the guy who's in charge of the power play in charge. <laughs> Stop. Steve Spot. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Please don't put that guy in charge. Bring back Steve Spot to coach the team. <laughs> just just get him out of get him out of the power play. Yeah. It'll be great. It'll be good to go. But that is um I'm curious to see what happens here because I, I ex again, I've been expecting it all year. I expect this team to play well. They're a good team, even with injuries. They have a lot of good players yeah. on the team. Even when they're hurt, they still have a Jack Eichel line. They still have Marshall Carlson and Smith. Like they still have good players, Petrangelo and Theodore. So they should be fine to make it into the playoffs. And then you hope you're healthy by then, or at least close to healthy. I think the idea of them being healthy seems completely far-fetched at this point, but closer to health 
and you go win some playoff series, but they got to actually win. Like we've got to actually see this team win and not just come back and say, well, at least we played well guys. All right. Coming up next, Ryan Wallace joins the show. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin power hour. This is the VGK update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan hockey guy. I'm out. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hey guys. How much should the golden Knights be panicking about where they stand in the Pacific division right now? Jeez, a heater right off the bat, huh? Um, I thought we were going to ask you about your snow. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Tyler, Tyler doesn't like to have any fun. It's totally fine. Um, Okay. Uh, How much should the golden Knights be panicking? Like, I don't think that they should be panicking. Like I, I get that. This is an uncomfortable position for a franchise that has always made the playoffs, uh, a franchise that's been to back-to-back um, Final Fours in the NHL. Um, and the only reason I'm not saying conference finals is because, well, there was uh, an only division situation and whatever. But the point the fact of the matter is this. like, The Golden Knights are, are in third right now in the Pacific Division. I made the argument, I think it was either last week or, or two weeks ago, that I don't think it's prudent for the Golden Knights to finish first in the Pacific Division. I'd rather they finish second or third somewhere in there because I just you guarantee yourself a Pacific Division opponent. And while the race is more uncomfortable now, um, you look at some of the some of the teams that are, are at the top of the uh, of the Central Division. Like I don't know that you want to play them in the first round if it gets to a point where it's five Central teams and three Pacific Division teams. So. Um, I'm not panicking, and you know that might come back to bite me in the butt if the Golden Knights don't make the playoffs. But I, I reasonably don't see that happening um, because you know Mark Stone will be back at some point in time, and if the Golden Knights keep losing uh, and Mark Stone's able to play, then I think they make trades in order to get Mark Stone back on the ice so that this team can make the playoffs for sure. I guess that's what I wanted to ask you. It's March 21st. More and more as you see this, do you think something happens at the deadline? So for me personally, I think that there should be something that happens at the deadline, mainly because uh, this Golden te- this Golden Knights team right now has not had an opportunity to play with the roster they'd like to have in the playoffs all season long. And I'm not suggesting that it's going to happen magically right now. The way the injury bug has happened for this team, it seems inevitable that they're always going to have a piece out. That's just kind of how this year has gone. But I would much rather, if if able, if Mark Stone is able to play before the end of the season and the Golden Knights kind of have that idea or there's some type of idea that that might happen, I say you make whatever trade you need to make in order to get cap compliant at the deadline. And then if Mark Stone needs another couple of weeks or two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, to get back to being able to play, you put him in the lineup because I want to know what this Golden Knights team is with Mark Stone in the lineup, with Jack Eichel in the lineup, and how they can start to build some chemistry. I think that's going to be necessary and needed going into the playoffs. So for me, I'd like to see some moves happen, but if Mark Stone's unable, like if he cannot play, physically cannot play until the the end of the season or maybe even into the first round of the playoffs, then uh, I think you, you might make some trades or you might kind of figure out what this team is lacking most and make a move at the deadline to bring in a piece because right now um, I think you look at the Golden Knights and, and there's no real cohesion and it's been a team that's battled injuries all year long. Do you think Pete DeBoer's job is in any trouble? 
I don't. I, I personally don't. I, I mean, I, I think you look at this year, right? Like, Pete DeVoer was winning hockey games, and, and I don't mean this as a slight whatsoever, but he was winning hockey games with Jonas Ronbjerg, Paul Cotter, <laughs> Jake LeCision playing prominent bottom six minutes when he was when he, when he was missing Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, William Carlson. Like, Pete DeBoer has found a way to keep this team in a position that they're, that they're in right now in the Pacific Division. And, like, I get it. They were able to get to first place. They were able to, to lead the division for a while. But games in hand are real. And you can't really do anything if the Calgary Flames and the LA Kings are winning all of their games in hand. That being said, I do think Pete needs to find a winning combination at some point here. Like, you have to be able to string together two, three, five wins just to keep pace. Um, right now, I don't think that his job's in jeopardy in any way, shape, or form. I, I just think that in, in, you look at the way they played last night against Colorado as kind of an idea. Um, if the Golden Knights were tuning out their coach, you don't get that game that they played against Colorado. They were really good after a, after a pretty subpar effort against Arizona, and that's the type of improvement you want to see. Probably way too early to really judge him, but uh, crazy question. Were you expecting more of Eichel to this point? Uh, more? No, not really. I, I mean, I think that there are opportunities within each game where he, you know, if, if Jack Eichel is like 100% of who Jack Eichel is, uh, he probably puts the puck in the back of the net a couple more times. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that missed 11 months, had a, a surgery that's never happened on an NHL player before, and he's come back with a new team and a new system, and he's got four points in five games. Like, I'll take that all day long. Um, and he's gotten better every game. And, you know, there's, there's a physical element to his game that I think a lot of people are starting to see. There's a compete level within his game that I think people are starting to see. Defensively, he's trying his best. But, like, again, this is a new system. It's, it's all new to him um, in terms of, of having to, like, actually protect leads because he didn't have many of those with Buffalo. Um, so I think it'll come. I, I really do. I think he's going to get better and better. He's gotten better every game. I see no reason to believe that's not going to happen. Um, and he's nearly a point-of-game player five games into his Golden Knights career. Uh, I think at some point that'll, that'll start to, to trend upwards over a point-of-game, and, and I think that's where Jack Eichel is going to live. You said uh, if Mark Stone is going to miss the rest of the season that the Golden Knights should probably try to add something. Uh, is it still defensemen? Is that still where you'd be looking to add something if they can go and add a piece at the deadline? Yeah, it, it would be. And, you know... I think it all kind of hinges on Alec Martinez, right? Like, as far as as far as the Golden Knights are concerned, and as far as I'm concerned, like I I'm not necessarily banking on Alec Martinez getting back in the lineup. I don't know what's going on with Alec Martinez. I have no idea any of the insights as to what is keeping him or preventing him from playing. But you know, this this is a long term injury. So for me, like I I look at defense as being the limiting factor for this Golden Knights team defending in front of their own net, making sure that they're not giving up high-danger chances against. And Alec Martinez helps a lot in those categories. Now, if he's back and able to play and good to go, then maybe you look a little bit elsewhere. Maybe you, you try to find some more depth scoring. But, you know, at this point, I'm just operating under the assumption that Alec Martinez isn't going to be available. And if that's the case, the Golden Knights could use an extra defender for sure. We talked about this before you came on. Um... And we've talked about it since you've been on. They're hurt. They're injured. They haven't had the lineup that uh, um, they've wanted. 
is is that enough of this narrative though? Don't they have to say, look, at some point? I think Pete said it the other night when he was asked about the injuries. He just said yeah. hurt and move on. Like it's almost like they're getting to be all right. If you keep talking about this, then you know you don't have your full focus on who you have now. I mean, shouldn't that be the narrative at this point? Everyone knows they're hurt. Everyone knows they're injured. But you can't. Your their focus should be. Correct me if I'm wrong. Who's on the ice right now? And you gotta you gotta get off this skid. Yeah, and then I think you're spot on, and I really do. Like that's what that's what drove this team early in the year, right? Like when they were one and four to start, they were looking at an extended period of time without Mark Stone, without Max Pacioretty, without William Carlson. They put their heads down. They they got guys into the lineup that were given an opportunity that that were playing in the AHL. And they focused on what they needed to do in those moments to win hockey games. Uh, they got great goaltending, and a lot of people forget this. They got great goaltending from Robin Leonard in that 15-20 game stretch to go from last place in the division to first place in the division. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm, I'm right there with you. As much as you can look to the injuries as a reason for why it's been inconsistent for the Golden Knights, the fact of the matter is. And I think they'll get back to it. I really do. Getting back into a rhythm of playing every other day should help. I think they'll get into a rhythm of just going out there, playing with what they have, playing with what's available, and finding ways to, to grind out two points here and there. They are 11th in the league in expected goals per minute on the power play this year. They're 22nd in actual goals per minute scored on the power play this year. Why is it broken? Like, is, is injuries the easiest thing to blame specifically for the power play? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's certainly a factor, right? Like, you, you've got guys that are not in the lineup that would be on your top power play unit. You don't have Mark Stone. You don't have Max Pacioretty. And who knows if Pacioretty's going to be able to play tomorrow. That's something we'll find out at some point, I think, here today. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Keegan Colasar was on your top power play unit yesterday. That, like, or two days ago, that's, that's the reality of the situation. And, you know, for a Golden Knights team that I think needed some consistency on the power play, needed to get some reps with what they wanted it to look like, it just hasn't happened. Now, that being said, I still believe that their power play is too stagnant. You have a lot of movement in five-on-five five in the offensive zone from the Golden Knights. It allows them to create lanes and seams. Jack Eichel's helped a bit in kind of creating and opening things up, but for the Golden Knights, it's about puck retrieval and it's about movement away from the puck. When Eichel has the puck on his blade in, in, the, in the offensive zone on the power play, everything's too stagnant. It's too stationary. So when he's moving around trying to create lanes and no one's going, there's no one to pass the puck to. So I, I think over time, maybe that, ha- maybe that improves. I think it improves with personnel. I'd maybe like to see Jack Eichel go with the Misfits on the power play. So Jack Eichel, the Misfits, and, say, Shea Theodore. Um, just to give him a, a little bit more in terms of, of talent around him to, to find ways to to put the puck in the back of the net there because the power play has to buoy them in this situation. So no more Keegan Colasar. That's the key. Well, I mean, Keegan Colasar has a power play goal, and there aren't many Golden Knights players <laughs> here that have scored one. So, I, like, like I, 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 t- I tweeted that out, right? Like, Keegan Colasar, top line, uh, top unit power play, and I, I got inundated with why. It's like, well, he's got a power play goal in, like, three, minute, three seconds of power play time. Why not? <laughs> All right. He's Ryan Wallace. You can hear him on the VGK Insider Show over on Fox Sports Las Vegas and free post and intermission show during Golden Knights games. Ryan, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys.
All right, we've got four tickets to the Pac-12 Men's Basketball Tournament. This is four games starting at noon on March 9th, 702-364-1100. If you want to go out to the Men's Pac-12 Basketball Tournament, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 12. I just want to tell you we must stay united against this aggression, against Russian aggression. Don't let it happen continue happening in ukraine don't let it happening in europe and eventually in the world united we're strong support ukraine thank you live from the finley toyota espn las vegas studios this is the press box with graney and bischoff congratulations to matt he won tickets to go to the pac-12 men's basketball tournament we got more tickets to give away uh so stay tuned if you want to go to nascar or the Mountain West tournament. Any uh, updates on the chickens? Uh three, two, five, one is our chicken that has a win and a third place today. Oh, I was gonna say I thought you were gonna say third, second, fifth, one. No, uh, we had another chicken finish third as well this morning, but that was wow. in a free race, so that only won us like two dollars. Uh but the stock market, you're not doing very well <laughs> now. You owe them money. <laughs> uh we've raced like seven chickens this morning. Those are the only three good you imagine, results. Like but. to get money back because of the 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 uh Stock market right now, you're you're racing like seventy thousand times a day, just to like make ten dollars back. <laughs> It'd be nice if we could race seventy thousand times a day. Um, so yeah, yeah, good decent start to the morning. We'll see. We'll see how it goes from here. How mad should I be at Major League Baseball owners? Oh, I thought you were going to super. Go oh, Carlos Correa. No, no, not Carlos oh, Correa. The lockout. Oh. Well, today isn't today the deadline. Today's and there's their no self-imposed deadline. Self-imposed deadline. That if there's no agreement in place, they're going to miss regular season games, which I still think is ridiculous. Because what happens if they agree on something tomorrow? But on top of that, they apparently haven't made like legitimate counter offers to the players' association. Like they will like slightly decrease their asks every time they make a counter offer instead of a legitimate like, hey, let's meet in the middle somewhere, and. We're sitting in a owner-imposed lockout, right? Like, there doesn't have to be a lockout. They could be getting ready to play baseball right now, even though there's no CBA, but the owners locked the players out. I feel like we should all be, anybody that cares about baseball, should be furious at the owners right now. Because this is all... Well, how many times do these things happen where we're not furious at the owners? I mean, only because we know the owners are going to win out in the end. Yeah, but it's just ridiculous. And here's... Here was probably my favorite part of the entire weekend of, of baseball reporting. Major League Baseball put in a deadline of February 28th and said, if we don't have game, if we don't have an agreement by February 28th, we are going to miss the start of the regular, regular season. season we're going to miss games. And then on Saturday, reporters started sending out, oh, the sides are close. They could get a deal done very soon. And immediately, players on Twitter started calling that out, saying that's that's not true. We are nowhere near close. Everything they've offered is a bunch of crap. So the what the owners tried to do was set a deadline, and then two days before that deadline, say we're close, in order so that they could blame the players when they did right. not, in fact, have a deal done today. But the players came out and said, you're full of it. We're nowhere near close. So they kind of killed that off right away. But the owners were trying to make people believe that they were close to a deal so that when today ends and there's no deal in place, Everyone blames the players. they could turn and say, well, we were close, but the players right. just, w- they just wouldn't agree to it. 
Right. They just wouldn't finish, cross the finish line with us. So it's the player's fault we're missing games, even though all of it is the owner's fault. Everything that's happening right now is the owner's fault that we are going to miss games if we, in fact, miss games because they don't come to an agreement today. Everything's the fault of the people who will win out in the end. Yes. And they're, they're literally not going to lose any money out of no. this. No, they never do. They, they could genuinely agree to all the players' demands, and they would still, no, they'd still make, make money. Hundreds of millions yes. of dollars. This is literally like your friend being mad that whenever you borrowed his car, you didn't like, hey, I had two pennies in that ashtray. <laughs> Where are my pennies? <laughs> well, I filled the tank up. Uh-uh. Pennies. You filled it up with pennies? It's impressive, Jared. Is that what you do when you go to the gas station? You give hey, them five cents? How much? That is how I, I mean, these rental car companies, they don't know how much gas is in there. <laughs> Wait, I, bring it back. I have a question for you. What is the lowest amount of money you've put into your car in gas? Put in at the gas station or yeah, walked no, with station. a jerry can back at, to I'll, my we'll car? We'll go at the gas. No, at we'll the do gas the jerry station. can question in a second. Uh, probably a dollar fifty. Oh boy, where did you need to go? Just needed uh, to. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. You put like a dollar in your car? Yeah, like back in college when you have no money. Okay, and, no. Yeah, okay. I mean, how much was gas when you were back in college? Not what I paid yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Because yesterday uh, my eyes opened wide because I filled it up yesterday. I'm like, a dollar fifty might have gotten you two gallons when I knew you were it was back a lot. in college. No, it, I mean it was it was enough to get home to get real money and then go back and, then get and back fill it up. Yeah, the then go back and fill it up. Mine was enough to get me to work. And then hope that, that I was working at a record store at this point that had one of those. It was kind of one of those biz- businesses that payday came and there was a race. Because <laughs> if you didn't get your check cashed in time, you didn't get paid. <laughs> I've done that weirdness. Though. Yeah. like yeah. I've done that weirdness. Really? But recently it's just it's it's to fill it up. You just I sometimes I don't even look at the number. I go, this is so this is so incredibly stupid. I just I'll just I'll hit when they say, Do you want a receipt? I'll close my eyes and try to hit the button that says no, I don't want a receipt because I certainly don't want to know how much I just paid you to don't fill want, my car up. You don't want to take everything out of your pockets and then just have your wife go, You put how much? <laughs> Where do you need to go, Ed? Just do the show from home now. You don't need to drive anywhere. Drive here, drive to the strip a lot, drive around the uh Summerlin. Drive a lot. Oh, driving to Raiders practice. That's a killer. Oh, isn't it? that's a killer on the gas. That's that's a killer going out to the Raiders, man. <laughs> There's no question. You're you're exactly right about that. That's just, an absolute killer. Next year, your wife hands you a bus pass. Yeah. <laughs> just because exactly. you can take that to the Henderson facility. <laughs> Ed takes the bus <laughs> to go to Raiders practice. We will you will do an entire show from the bus if you do that. <laughs> You will be like you on wanted, your phone. Like you wanted the shuttle at the Super yes, Bowl? Yes, yeah. on the entire show while yeah, on, on, the on the bus. That well, probably take, on the bus, it'll probably take, it'll take the whole show, get, and it'll be take great. Take the whole show just yes. to get there. It'll be great. Ed Grady does a show live from the bus. That'll be <laughs> phenomenal. Okay, I'll do it with you. We will. Can we get a, a little Comrex unit, Jared, on the bus? How does that on the work? Bus? Yeah. That would be a tremendous show. We go to Raiders practice. <laughs>